Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen? Well, listen, I'm going to try to get into this the best I can. This is, uh, we've been in a series called Table Talks, where um, the church has left the building. And remember, I did a series on that. Anyway, that's, that's what Jesus did, is uh, he often used meals and settings like this to engage with people and to also discuss some very important topics. And so our theme this year, Exodus twenty twenty one, as you know, is to unite together and all of us go to the mountain of God like Moses. And so I have found that we're living especially now in a day where uh, preaching from the pulpit, I mean, there'll always we be preaching from the pulpit, but if we really want to see an impact in our community, we have got to get back to good old-fashioned soul winning. Good old-fashioned, getting out there, sitting down, having some conversations. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. Talking with some people. Okay, let's all do that together if you feel that today. Amen? Seriously, that's... We call it evangelistic series. No, no, no. It's the church. It's what the church is called to do. Corporately coming together, that's always going to be a thing that we do the first day of the week. Give God our, the Sunday morning because he's first. Uh, yes, and we get, we get filled up. My job as a pastor is, is uh, to basically, according to scripture, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. To be a custodian of the Holy Spirit when we're gathering and to equip you with, uh, to learn how to do this. And so if you just look at Jesus' life you will see how he was able to do this. He preached his most important messages one-on-one -on -one with people. And so we're looking at all of these. There's 10 of them just in the book of Luke where Jesus talked with people and communicated the gospel. Uh, so this is what we're doing here in this series. Go with me over to Luke chapter 11 as we look at one of these today. And uh, this one started out to be uh, a good invitation to bring Jesus to sit down with them, but it turned into a heated argument. How many's ever had some folks at your table, uh, maybe it turned into a heated argument? How many's ever <laughs> Thanksgiving, come on, yeah, amen, all right. No, uh, but we've all probably been there where you've had that. But let me just say this as a pastor, I, I used to shy away from those awkward conversations, but as a pastor, I've learned that during those awkward conversations, you can get so much more done with people. No one likes to have those, but if you bring up these discussions and topics, that needs to be addressed, that will help better the people that you're talking to. I've learned to look, enjoy those because it's an opportunity of growth. If you're not being challenged in your walk with God, then you're not growing in your walk with God. You, will, you should always be challenged. And the Spirit of God is not, is not given to us to make us comfortable. Jesus did not die on a cross to make us comfortable. But the Holy Spirit has come to challenge us, to challenge the sin in our lives, to challenge the areas in our life that we have been holding on to, uh, whether they be sins or weights. What does the scripture say that so easily entangles us? And so I've found you get a lot of it from the pulpit, but when I meet one-on-one -on -one with folks, I've learned that that goes so much further when we're able to talk about these things and you grow as a person. So that's what this discussion turned into uh, and uh, actually got real heated and Jesus did not hold back. The only people he was really mean and, and hard on were the religious leaders. That's called the Pharisees. Everybody else, man, he had just had compassion. But it was on them that he just, um, he didn't hold back. And here's one of them. And uh, we're going to look at this today. Matt, and Luke chapter 11 is, uh, is where I want to go with this in verse 37. And it says, and as Jesus spoke, 
a certain Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and he sat down to eat. And when the Pharisee saw, he marveled that Jesus had not washed before dinner. Then the Lord said to him, Now you Pharisees, you make the outside of the cup and the dish clean, but your inward part is full of greed and wickedness. Foolish ones, did not he who make the outside make the inside also? But rather give alms of such things as you have, then indeed all things are clean to you. Willingly give from your heart. And it will, it will clean you all the way up. He's actually given the remedy there. Verse 42. Then he just goes right into them. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, but you pass right by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Woe to you Pharisees. Now he's, in, he's just sitting at a... Someone invited him over to eat. And he's sitting at the table... And he just begins to just take this opportunity and just started, there were other Pharisees in the room and he spun around and he just began to preach from that seat and begin to say, woe unto you. I want you to picture that in your mind today. This is our Lord and Savior. Some people may folk think Jesus is this guy with brown, wavy, long hair and sandals and a flower. That is not Jesus at all. He is a very conf confrontational person. He was someone that if he saw something that wasn't done right, he would speak up about it. Okay, and that's what, exactly what he's doing here. So you Pharisees, you hypocrites. Everybody say hypocrites. For you are like graves which are not seen, and then men who walk over them are not aware of them. Then one of the lawyers answered and said, Jesus, by saying these things, you offend me too. So Jesus said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I've been, I know, I'm a little Pentecostal. I get, I'm, I'm sorry, okay? Please, let's start over. Is that what he said? Look what he said. He says, woe unto you too. <laughs> he says, yeah, now that you spoke up, I got a problem with you, lawyers. The lawyers were the ones that interpreted the Bible. They were scribes. They would take the, the, the letter of the law and they would interpret it so everybody could understand it. So that's what their one job was. And he says, I got a problem with you. For you load men down with burdens that are hard to bear. And you yourselves, you do not touch one of these burdens yourself. Notice the difference between a religious person and a relational person. A religious person is easy on themselves but hard on everybody else. And a person in relationship is hard on themselves but easy on everyone else. Did I say that too fast? Did you have time to get your pen out and write that down? I, I don't know, but that, that, that's, that's really good there. That's exactly what they did. Okay, then he just cuts into them more, and then it kind of turns into a shouting match because in uh, verse, or chapter 12, verse 1, in the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor nothing hidden that is not known. I would like to title this message today, Washing What Matters. And I want to try to stay at this table. You heard of TED Talks. Jesus did table talks. And I want you to try my best to communicate this. And I've uh, been in my heart for a while. There are two very important points I want to get across in this discussion that is profitable for all of us as we begin to reach out to people. 
And some of us may, you know, I believe the church has failed big time in being impactful in our communities. I just, it's amazing. They either go to one extreme or the next, and it's just because I don't think we do this enough. If you remember, if you don't remember anything, remember this. Your number one job as a Christian, when you first get saved, you get one assignment. Everybody wants to know what their calling is. Pastor Reddy, what is my gift? I'll take the spiritual gift test, and, and my calling is this, and my, my gift is that. I understand that we do that, and use your talent and ability to serve in the kingdom, yes. But everyone has this one job from God, and that is to make disciples. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We have one job in life. Look at the person next to you and say, you got one job. Drop it in the chat today and say, I got one job. To share your faith with someone. And I encourage you, if you're intimidated by that, practice doing that. I used to drive on the way to work. I got saved at 25 years old, and I always had the stories on Monday morning of how the party just, this happened. I had party stories, and, and police, and this, and all these crazy stories. And everybody loved hearing these stories. When I got saved, I remember I didn't have those stories no more. My story was, I went to church on Sunday. Uh, and, 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 the, and I begin to have these thoughts. I mean, people are going to think you're weird. You know, people are going to think this and that. And I, I, be, I had a choice. I could either retreat to the back of, uh, of the room and not talk with anyone, or I can take... Why I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, why God empowered me in the first place, and that was to have boldness and, the, and be able to communicate the gospel to people. So I would practice that on the way to work. And I would start with just one person I worked with in the warehouse all day. What did you do over the weekend? Man, I went to church. Man, I tell you what, man, God was in that place. And, and oh, yeah, what does that mean? And I just began to learn to break that down. Next thing you know, I'm in the manager's room. I'm in the upfront offices sharing my faith with people. God began to open up doors for me. He began to give me raises and even bonuses and better jobs and, because people were noticing that I wasn't this, this religious person, that, that I had changed and that God's presence was on my life. And that's what we need desperately if we're going to make a difference in this world today. So... They begin to invite Jesus over, and it turned into a heated argument over washing of hands. Now, good hygiene is good. That's not what the problem is here. But the, the Jewish people made the tradition of washing your hands. They did it uh, because in case they come in contact with sinners throughout the day, they would wash themselves. And sometimes they would even change entire uh, outfits before they ate. It was, it was a tradition that they did. It wasn't a hygiene thing. It was a spiritual thing. They thought because they, they did this little um, washing of the hands that God would purify their hearts. And so notice that they never had a conversation. Jesus just walked in and he sat down at the table. He's like, I'm ready to eat. And the Pharisees noticed that he didn't wash his hands. And that's what started the argument. And so that's why it got so heated so fast, because it was not about washing hands. It was about these people that, and here, here let me give you this first main point. I'm going to move fast through this. Because when we value the external but neglect the, the internal, we become hypocritical. When we value the external but we neglect the internal, we become hypocritical. In other words, when we value the external, when we value the fact of that what we do on the outside, you know, I get people ask me all the time that's new to the church or wanting to come to our church, they'll say, oh, you're a pastor over there. What kind of worship do you guys do? Or, or you know, what, what, kind of ch what kind of church are you? And, and I understand you want to kind of know that stuff. If I was looking for a church, I would, that would matter to me. I, I would like to see what kind of worship they did. But it would not stop me from making the decision 
um, if that's where I feel God has me. And my point is this, because some people, uh, they love how they worship more than who they worship. And, and, and so they, they don't care. Listen, if you are a child of God, you could worship on an island with an hymnal or all by yourself, just out of your spirit. But we focus so much on church. I love when we go on a mission trips to Honduras because uh, all of us, all those that, that, that can't speak Spanish, including myself, I try, but I can't. Uh, we have no idea what they're singing, but I love watching our team because our team, everybody jumps in there and you look around and they're just worshiping. They're just worshiping God. And they're trying to sing Spanish, and so it's really, you know, I tell them, keep it down, you're insult everybody here. <laughs> but what I love it, because you can pick up on what's happening because we're worshiping through our spirit. And we make such a big deal in the church today of America, what style you have and what, what this is and what that. And that's all I'm going to say on this before I move on. Because they, they made the tradition, and here, you know, let me say this, traditions are good. But what the Pharisees did is they made traditions as equal as the commandments of God. In other words, if you don't sing from the hymnals, you ain't saved. Or, and let's move it to the other, it don't mean we always have to sing a new song. Pastor Steve will break it out old school and go back in the day. There's not a, there's not a certain song that says this has to be sung that's pleasing to God. What's pleasing to God is when we sing to him from our heart. Amen? So that's hypocritical. What will happen is, is when we focus on external deeds, on feeding the poor, on, you know, doing outreaches, listen to this, participating with Convoy of Hope, these are all external and they're all good and we're called to do those things. But so many in America, what happens today is we, let, we will hand out groceries and we will do good deeds, but we will not allow God to clean our hearts and to purify our hearts. And so what happens is we end up becoming hypocritical. What is a hypocrite? Jesus called them hypocrites. You read it yourself three times in this text. And then he turned to the audience and he said, beware of hypocrisy. What's a hypocrite? Well, when Jesus said it, it's a Greek word, hypocrites, which means play actor, which means pretender. Back in those days, they had dramas and, and they had theater. And so people would put a, they would have a mask and they would put a mask in front of their face and they would get into character and they would act just like today. Jesus said that the Pharisees, the religious people have become like these play actors. In other words, oh, it's Sunday. I, I got to get into character. Oh, hallelujah. You know what I mean? And, and I understand that when you come to church, part of coming to church regularly helps you stay in that mindset. But here's the point. We're supposed to be the same in the per church on Sunday morning at 1030 as we are Monday morning at 1030. You, do you see where I'm going? Because if, if, you ain't, if you ain't legit, this is why this is so important today. Because if we ain't real with God, then the person we try to talk with is going to spot that five seconds into the conversation, and they're not going to want to have what we have today. Come on, somebody. One thing that people really want right now is authenticity. They don't care if you ain't perfect. They don't care if you've got all your I's dotted and T's crossed, but they want you to be real. And that's what Jesus is getting at. That's why he was so hard on them. They have to get 
because it's, it's easier to wash your hands than to allow God to wash your hearts. And they, they replaced the traditions rather than what God wanted to do in their, in their hearts. Look at what Jesus said in Mark. He said, do you not see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile him? This is another table talk Jesus had with one of his disciples. He said, because it doesn't go into the heart, but it goes into the stomach and throughout the body. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. This is Jesus. All these evils, notice he called, it, he called all of them evil. In other words, arrogance is just as evil as murder. Are you still sitting at the table with me or did you leave? Because it's important for you and I to see that without Jesus, you are not good enough. Because you may say, well, I've done, I, I, I haven't done murder, Pastor Eddie. I haven't done these things. So, I'll, you know, Jesus is, that's the problem. That's exactly where he's getting. He says, that is what defiles us. It's not by the deeds or by what we eat, by the washing of hands, but it is simply by the heart. Let me use this for example. Now, we're in a season in the religious community called Lent. I used to work with a guy that practiced Lent, and you may be practicing, hey, I'm not against anyone fasting and praying and wanting to get closer to God. I, I, I don't, I don't, if you want to give up and only eat fish or whatever you want to do and, you know, that, that's, that's between you and God. Again, that's external. I worked with a guy that did this every Lent and I, and he would, uh, he said, I'm going to give this up. He would give up everything. He would even try to watch his mouth. He wouldn't swear as much. And he said, I'm going to give up drinking. I'm, he said, I'm going to be, Ed, I'm going to be like you for the next, for the next, <laughs> that's what he would say. And, um. And we had, enough, we had enough table talk conversations that I can say this to him without him getting offended. And I said, you know what, that, that does, you know, I, I'm not against that, but I tell you what, what God really wants. He said, the problem is, I said, the problem is you're going to go right back to your way you're living after this Lent. And, and I said, that's the problem God has with you. And that's the, why God doesn't honor that. So, I mean, you can do all of that you want. I said, the difference between me and you, though is that I, don't, I just don't give up sin for 40 days. I fight against sin every day of my life. Jesus said it like this, whoever wants to follow me, let him deny himself daily. Pick up his cross and follow me. How are we doing? Are y'all still here? Because it's time that we get back to being real. You want to see a real, we want, we want to have, I'm sitting down. You want to have the, the, uh, the, uh, the anointing that Elijah had. Where is the Elijah's? Where is the God of Elijah, we say? Where is the God that can heal this disease? Where is God that can do this miracle? We always ask God that. But I believe God is saying, where are the Elijah's? Where are those that's willing to live for me 24-7? Amen? That's the conversation that we're having here. And then we moved on. Let's move on to the second part of this. This is, this is so good. I could stay on that tradition all day. Nothing wrong with tradition. We have traditions. We stand for the reading of the word, for instance. That's a tradition we do here. I think it's important we honor the word. But it is not mandatory. We didn't do it today. God is not in heaven saying, I'm not going to be with River of Life no more. 
wearing suits, whatever, choirs, having these. We, we love Traditions are supposed to remind us of why we're doing what we're doing. And our faith forms traditions. Traditions don't form our faith. And we get hung up on, that, on a lot of that. We take communion the second Sunday of every month. But you know what? God may move in a service and we don't do communion at that particular... Like last Sunday, I didn't even preach. And some people... You know, I've, we've had it in the past where some people say, I'm not even used to it. I can't believe you didn't preach. You know, I can't, believe, I can't believe you did that. And, you know, right away, I say, this may not be the church for you. I love you, but, you know, I, you know, you say, how can a pastor say that? Because my number one goal is to let the presence of God move in this place. I hope you, you can see that it's a God thing and you would stay because I've learned God can do more in services like that. He can do more in five seconds than in a series long of preaching. He uses both. But I'm saying we need to be spirit-led uh, and let God do what he wants to do in a church. So the tradition, so it's about the heart. Everybody say heart. If we just focus on external, but we don't let God get into our heart, you'll soon turn into a pretender. I grew up in church and I did this. At 12 and 13, I began to drift in my heart from God, but I still played drums every Sunday. I was sneaking and smoking. I had a pack of cigarettes hidden in my jeans while I'm playing drums. I had, I had my Bible. My youth pastor would come look at my Bible and say, boy, you haven't been reading this lately? And I'd say, well, look for yourself. And he would open the Bible, and I had the little thumb, thumb marks on your Bible. And so he would open the first of every Bible. Well, what I did is I highlighted only on that page in case anyone ever did that. So it looked like I was actually reading my Bible. No one can deceive you better than the church kid. Let me just tell you that right now. Parents, get a hold of this today. Just because Johnny's got his hands up on Sunday don't mean he's got them up on Friday night at 2 a.m. on his laptop. I need you to li listen to this pastor today. And I would sneak, and I would, and I would drift from God. My mom and dad had no idea that was happening. They, they knew I was drifting, and they tried their best to try to keep me in there and keep going. But, it, but what, I learned to become a pretender is what my point is. And then after a while, I was like, why pretend? I'm out, and I was already out. And it led me down a, a life of violence and addiction and almost destroyed my life. But at 25 years old, my prayer was, God, I want you back in my life. I want to get back. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be a pretender. I don't want to be a religious person. It's not about stained glass windows. God, let me, I, I want you. That was my prayer. And it's amazing when I gave him my life, on that day, it'll be 24 years this November, the desires for the things that I did just begin to change from that moment on. That none of the religious drums, none of that, none of that gave me a breakthrough. That those were, because they were all external for me. Now, playing an instrument should come from your heart. Again, but just because we're on the worship team don't mean we're right with God. I'm just saying it. Just because we're, we're in the church, you see what I'm saying? Parents, we need to really be aware of that. But when I got right with God, he did a work in my heart. And here I am today. Verse 42 is the second part of this. Very powerful. But woe to you Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, but you pass by justice and the love of God. These you ought to have done without leaving the others undone. Now this is a where Jesus reiterated tithing in the New Testament. Usually that's what pastors focus on, and yeah, he did. But I want, 
I don't, I don't want to do the same thing the Pharisees did here. That's exactly how the Pharisees saw it. They, they, and here's the point. When we value the spiritual but neglect the practical, injustices will happen. That's exactly what he's saying. How does injustices happen? We've got several injustices happening in our world today. I know all we see is COVID. I know all we see is the news on that and that. But I'm telling you what, I, I Googled what's the biggest injustices in the world today. Human trafficking came up, number one. Do you know that there are more people in modern-day slavery is what they call human trafficking. There are more people in modern-day slavery, human trafficking, than there has been total COVID cases in America since March of 2020. 28 million, and there's 25, there's 25 million and 28 million are the numbers that are enslaved in human trafficking right now. Racial injustices, been, it's, it's this here, been here. These are injustices that have been happening and been going on. Abortion, I believe that's one of the biggest injustices ever, is to take a life of an innocent child like that in, in abortion. 60 plus million babies have been aborted. We, you know, we see these injustices happening. Hunger, inju- just on and on and on and on. I, I begin to look into these injustices and the causes and people's beliefs on them. And I'm like, God, how is, how is this still happening and how is this getting worse? Which right now at the top of the list is that sex trafficking. It's, the, it's a global problem today. And America, unfortunately, contributes 50% of that. It just shook me to the core. We're praying and looking into... Um, our missions, talking with Miranda, we're trying to get missionaries who are involved in that and support them. We want to get a, a hold of that because it's, it doesn't do us any good to talk about it in, in, or to sing songs and to be spiritual if we are not then willing to handle the practice, be practical about it. Get out there and say, let's do something about it. Let, let's, let's do what we can to stop it. That's all of these. Only the gospel can cure injustice. Only the gospel can cure injustice. I want you to write this down. I'll put it on the screen. Because only Jesus can set us free from sin, and only freedom from sin can produce true justice. Listen, justice without Jesus just equals more injustice. Let that sink in. Remember that later. Justice without Jesus just equals some more injustice. The gospel is the solution to injustice. That's what Jesus got so mad at them. He said, church, you focus on these spiritual things. You, spoke, you, you focus on, uh, you know, worship and, and, and all of these things. But the practical side of it now, he's turning that attention to that, is what will cause these injustices happen. It's one thing to get mad and angry at the TV when you see when George Floyd was killed and we all saw that and, and hopefully... But see, it's more than just to go, man, that's, that's terrible. The church, we're called, something in you should have rose up and said, man, that isn't, that's, and lamented for that, and lamented for that family, lamented that we are still dealing with this problem in America today. And we need to be, instead of just, that's just a spiritual thing, no, let's be practical. Let's lift our voice and raise our voice, bring awareness. When we see it in our workplace, when we see it in our family, when we see it in ourselves, we say, God, I'll repent of that right now, Lord. Take that out of me. I want to make a difference. I want to sit down with people and say, hey, man, how did that affect you? And let's, let's see, what does the word say about this? 
That's what, that's what I'm saying. If we don't do this, injustices will continue to happen. Speak out against abortion, I'm all for it. But we also need to be the church that says, you know what? Let's sit down with someone if you've had an abortion. Let me tell you that Jesus is the only one that can heal what you're going through right now. I mean, we've talked about this. You've heard Melinda and I, our story before we became Christians and the mindset we had and, and what God done in our family and our lives. And instead of just condemning the abortion, let's do something practical by helping with the foster care. Let's do something with the teen pregnancy, the, the uh, pregnancy centers at Lindsay and some here at the church I work with. You see what I'm saying? This is, this is how we really stop injustices from happening. The Pharisees thought because they paid their tithes, they didn't have to do anything else. They thought because they, you know, did the church thing, they wouldn't do anything. And that's why Jesus left the building and he sat with sinners and he sat with people that, were, that disagreed with him. And he sat, now some people ain't going to turn your, you know, you're going to try to talk with them and bring the gospel to them and they're not, they're not going to receive that. And you just love them. And you move on. But look what James says as I'm starting to come close to closing. James says, 2.15, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be clothed and be filled. We're so good at that, aren't we? But you don't give, the guy, you don't give them what is needed for their body. He says, What does it profit? Faith without works is dead. You know who this is? This is James, Jesus' brother who did not even believe Jesus was the Messiah until after his resurrection. And now he's coming to this conclusion and he's saying, hey, this is exactly what we are called to do as the church. To have these table talks. Be practical. Well, I'm uncomfortable, Eddie. I can't talk as good as you. I don't know the words. I don't... Well, we can learn it. Spend 13 hours on Fortnite. Come on, you can spend 15 minutes in your word and, and, and look up videos of apologetics. Look up Frank Turek and these guys that are Josh McDowell and his son Sean McDowell and educate ourselves. I'm telling you, I'm pleading with you as a pastor. In order for us to do something this year and not go back to the same old mold as the church, we've got to excel in this area. we got to do a better job in this area. I know I'm real passionate about it. I know it is. This is my heartbeat is this. I love going to Life Challenge. I love doing this. I love it better than preaching on Sunday to you. I really do personally. Pastoring is the greatest thing God's ever done. I never thought I was going to be that. But from day one, before I had a pulpit, before I had a title, before I went to anything, I began to share my faith at work and God began to just do Miracles like that all the time. That's what we're called to do. Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. We love that. Look what he says. To do, to preach good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to captives, recovery sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He says, the spirit of, a, of God is upon me to do this very thing. Pentecostals, the Holy Spirit is not given to us to overpower us, but to empower us to do the work of the gospel. I know there's stuff going on in your life, and the last thing you feel like doing is sharing your faith. 
But I see people in the Bible like Joseph who didn't feel like sharing his faith and got thrown in prison. He was sold to slavery by his brothers. He was lied to, lied on, and thrown into prison for two years. But during those two years, you find this little scripture, but the Lord was with Joseph. And he shared his faith with the butler and with the baker, and you saw God begin to raise him up. I found out when I read stories like that in the Bible, I don't have an excuse to not have these talks with people and to sit with people. I believe, man, this is the last days that we are living in. I really do. I believe the return of the Lord is so near. I believe it. So many crazy things have been happening in our world all together like we've never seen. We need to get back to doing this very thing. Let me sum it all up to us today. So what, what do you do, Pastor Eddie? You talked about, recap this for a moment. I want you to get it today. When we value the external but we neglect the internal, we become hypocritical. We do. And I hate hypocrisy. I hate it when I see it in me. I hate it when I start to see that. Because it's so easy to be fake than it is to be real, isn't it? But when I see it in me, I know that I've been focusing too much on the external and I haven't been focusing much on the internal. God loves that you sign up to volunteer. And listen, we need volunteers like every church does. Absolutely. But don't think that God's going to give us a pass because we volunteer these hours in at work every uh, at the church week that, you know, he, we can do whatever we want in our hearts. I mean, that's not how it works. He said, no, I want to do, deal with that issue and I want to deal with that lust problem, that lying problem, that prejudice problem, whatever it is in your, in your heart today. And I, I preach messages like this today because I believe this is the real Christianity. This is what Jesus taught. Everything I read to you today is in red. This is what Jesus did. And I think it, this is what we all need to hear. Then the second thing is when we value the spiritual, but we neglect the practical. Now, here, here's another pendulum. We, we okay, Pastor, I'm going to start doing more spiritual things. I'm going to start tithing. I'm going to start, you know, worshiping, lifting my hands. I'm going to start reading the Bible. That's good. That's amazing. That's what we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, we need to also do practical things. And this will stop injustices. That's why Jesus said this. He says, you tithe your, your spices. In those days, they had gardens like we do today, but they had more farm and crops. They would take the first of the crops to the temple and give it to the priests and give it unto God because the priests were forbidden to work jobs. They were to dedicate their lives to working at the temple and to be over the servants and make sure the temple looked good and, and the ceremonies were done. They weren't able to get overtime at work. They weren't able to have crops. They lived off of the tithes and the crops of the people. That's how the system was in the Old Testament. And Jesus reiterates it into the New Testament. Remember, uh, Paul said that those that preach the gospel should live by the gospel. The point is this. They would do that, and then they would think the religious duty was done. And Jesus said, injustices are happening in the streets while you pass them by on the way to church every Sunday. And that's all my point is getting across here today. So to sum it all up, again, in the book of James, I found this scripture. Pure and undefiled religion before God is this. This is perfect religion before God. This is, the, this is how we sum it up today. To visit the orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. In other words, we as the church, to sum up today's table talk, if you want to say it like that, this is what we need to do. To practice personal holiness and practical compassion that is clean living before God. 
That is clean living before God. Right there. If you want to celebrate Lent, if you want to give up this and only eat fish, I don't care. That's between you and God. This is the point, though. Personal holiness. Personal holiness. That's when you say, God, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to do whatever it is, God, because I don't want to, it to um, awaken the darkness that is in me. You hear that? And that's different for everybody. And at the same time, Lord, as you, as you work on the inside, what can I do on the outside? What practical things that I need to do? We just do those two simple things. James said this is perfect and undefiled religion before God and man. Come on, stand with me today. I had a couple other quotes and things I was going to put in there, but I think that's good enough. What is God dealing with you about more? The internal, the external? I mean, it's so easy to just lose our way in this. Focus on this and focus on it. It's the heart thing. That's what God wants us to do. He wants to do that work in our heart today. We do external things. We sing songs. We do traditions, but we don't get hung up on them. I want to be a church, a healthy church. It's a church that lets God move in our hearts and our spirits. It's more important to understand the Bible than it is to have a tradition of what translation you use or things like that. They're great. Translations are great. We have our favorites. Pick one, memorize it from, I get, I get that. They don't become, the Pharisees, the traditions became barriers instead of bridges. And it's easy, God wants it easy for you and I to get saved and to come to him. Simply put your faith in Jesus Christ. Turn from our sins and say, God, I want, you, I want to serve you for the rest of my life. That's how you get saved. And then from that moment on, you begin to let God go to work on the inside of your heart. He, he tears down those thoughts, those idols. He does that. He does that. And at the same time, we are to speak up and say, man, I don't agree with that. I'm sorry, I, I, I don't like that. I think there's a better way. I don't agree with that. I believe God created you in the image of God. I mean, on and on and on. That's what these are. But we got to have both of them working in our lives today. Amen. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, once you bow your head right now, you're watching online. It's best ready to listen to that. I, I, I kind of realize that maybe I'm more religious than I am in relationship with God. Well, I tell you what, the greatest thing in Scripture that causes celebration in heaven is for you to surrender your life to Jesus right now. Whether you're here, you're watching online, you can do that together right now. You can do that right now. You just simply repeat after me this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner and I have sinned. And I repent of all of my sin right now. I lay down all my religion right now. Come on, just lay that down right now. If you were labeled a Baptist, a Pentecostal, a Catholic, a Lutheran, we lay it down right now. And Father, do a work in my heart. Cleanse me from the inside out. Get rid of these thoughts and these idols and these, these um, evils that I have in my heart. Wash me clean today. Come on, somebody say that. Wash me clean today, Lord. 
I surrender my heart to you today. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence, his promises, and all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.